Hello, this is Olivia. And this is Nina. And you are listening to Apocalypse Wow. Wow. And today is going to be a little different. We were going to cancel our episodes ongoing until things get resolved with this writer's strike because like obviously as media creators, as writers, we are solidarity with the members of the WGA writer's strike. It's really important that we value content and that we think about the people who are creating this content. So we were gonna have a strike. We didn't want to be scabs, you know? No, we're in solidarity with the writer's strike and we're abstaining from writing. But then we thought, you know what? If these robots are gonna get all the fun, why not let them have it, you know? I've been hearing about this AI stuff. I've been hearing that's why this this writer's strike is happening is because robots are gonna write all the TV shows. And then we said, all right, we can can take a break. But that doesn't mean we need to deprive our audiences of our delicious, yummy content. Okay. So we decided to put our little robot Olivia and robot Nina to work. So this episode will be brought to you by AI. Enjoy. Beep, beep, boop. Welcome to the future, bitches. So to get our topic, I asked... What is an idea for a niche internet culture topic to discuss that's a sign of decline in the state of living? And they said doomsday prepping. So here is the episode that the robots wrote for us. Wait, so we're we're t- fully doing a robot written episode right mm-hmm. now. So yeah. we get to be on strike, not working, right? And we get to and present. We're still getting and all the millions of dollars that we get from our, our revenue. Yes, our our extremely lucrative podcast. Wow. Well, this is just the best of both worlds. I know. I'm so lucky to be in this with you. Yeah. Um, our voice is also. It's gonna sound like it's live, but that's because we like fed in all our content. Yeah. So it's the AI thing. Okay. Here we go. Here's our AI written episode. Oh, and they changed our name. That's the crazy part also is that I (laughs) did not tell them our name. I said, um, once I got the doomsday thing, I said, write a a funny and sarcastic episode of a podcast about doomsday preppers. Did not tell them anything about our podcast. And yet they got very, very close. So maybe we'll have to change our name. We've been clogged. Welcome back to Apocalypse Now or Later, the only podcast where we put the fun in doomsday prepping. That's right, Olivia. We're diving in headfirst to the world of doomsday preppers, those delightful individuals who are convinced the world is one step away from turning into a real-life episode of The Walking Dead. (laughs) It's like they're auditioning for a role in a Mad Max movie, but instead of casting director, they're trying to impress their neighbors with their collection of canned beans. Absolutely, Olivia. Nothing screams preparedness like having enough canned goods to feed a small country for the next century. Oh, and let's not forget about their armory. Those folks have enough weapons to make Rambo blush. I mean, who needs a grocery store when you have a bunker full of rifles? (laughs) 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 Right you are, Olivia. Forget about playing chess or watching Netflix during the apocalypse. These preppers are ready to reenact the battle scenes from Braveheart in their living rooms. And don't get me started on their survival skills. They can tell you how to start a fire with a gum wrapper and a piece of chewing gum. But ask them to fix a leaky faucet and they'll just hand you a roll of duct tape. Ha <laughs> <laughs> It's true, Olivia. But hey, in their defense, when the end of the world comes, <laughs> we'll be the ones asking them how to survive while they sip their homemade dandelion tea. Wow. <laughs> and pat themselves on the back. 
So true. And let's not forget their fashion sense. Who needs designer clothes when you can rock a camouflage jumpsuit with a matching gas mask? It's the height of host's apocalyptic chic. Absolutely, Olivia. So join us as we explore the minds of these masters of disaster, these sultans of survival, and maybe even pick up a few tips to impress our doomsday Tinder dates. <laughs> Remember, folks, it's always better to be overprepared than underprepared. Stay tuned and let's get ready to rumble in the poke apocalyptic jungle. Um, Holy shit. Hell fucking yeah. Damn, they, that's crazy. They do better than we do. They really do. Yeah, no, it was impressive. Obviously, we're pranked. Gotcha. We're not doing the full episode. Whatever, I um, AI, we're going to be <laughs> talking about AI and its implications on writing and the other creative fields that are, you know, like, like a hand from God into your hand that you could not think that a robot could possibly do it. And yet, here you heard... Uh, robot Nina and Robot Olivia, almost yeah, as funny us. and smart as us. Almost. They, the upsetting parts about that were, yeah, the title was crazy that they Too got close. basically our title. With not enough information. Did not I don't tell like them that. anything about it us. Makes me feel insecure. Um, And then also literally our first episode topic that we had pitched to each other when we had this idea and we, we've kind of recorded, but it's buried and will maybe be released as a special sometime, but was Doomsday Preppers. It so. will be released as a special. Yeah, I'm just trying to tease it. So apparently the first idea that a computer thinks of is also the first idea that we think of, which is awesome because that means we're as smart as a computer. So true, hello. True, <laughs> We are like robot minds over here. <laughs> beep, beep. Yeah, <laughs> we're like the, um, we're like the Svedka robot, you know her? The sexy titty robot, Svedka vodka Svedka. robot. Yeah. Or maybe like Ex Machina style. Was that Scarjo? Who, who is that? Um, Ex Machina? No, that's... Svedka the vodka is yeah. a robot? That's Check it out. She's That hot. seems like it's off of Ex Machina. It was with... Oh yeah, no, I know that lady. Yeah, she's She looks like off of Ex That's Ex exactly what we look like now. No That hair. we've gone through a robot <laughs> yeah. transformation. That's we transitioned right. yeah. into Part being robots. Part of the deal with using AI, I guess, is that they like make <laughs> they you shave do this you crazy surgery and they shave off all your hair and you've got these like this plastic breastplate. But it's worth it because our content is so much better. Yeah, and we better don't than ever. Snappy as fuck. It's kind of fun to be a little actrix. I will say that there, I found it a little repetitive, the kind of back and forth that they try to manufacture. I think we have that sort of mm. bottled naturally. True. You can't really tap into that. Plus that joke about gum and a chewing gum wrapper. That didn't really make sense. You can't recreate a true friendship so true 10 years of off and on <laughs> friendship 10 years of off and on friendship that's right can't make that in a lab right <laughs> once we have enough episodes to transcribe and then get digitized then you can make us in a lab but not yet right now not we're yet. off the grid we are going to be talking about ai and what it means not for people with actual jobs but for people like us with fake jobs who fancy ourselves creatives Things are getting actually pretty serious. We can make our little ha-ha yeah. jokes, but for some people, this is their bread and butter. We do it for free for you guys because we love you so much. we're so dedicated to the craft, But really. we do it all on our hands and knees as well. Most people don't know that because we're not in a visual medium yet, mm-hmm. but we, we perform all of our podcasts on our hands and knees, um, sort of just kind of like running slow motion like a dog style just because mm. as a former a as former. A, and as a former dog as a um as a 
tribute to you guys. So sometimes our editor comes and whips us and says, talk faster. I was just going to say, well, I mean, we it's like the Da Vinci Code. I don't understand that. What? I've definitely referenced it a couple times on this well, podcast. Well, it's kind of like and a I, cultural artifact. I've seen it like once as a child. Okay. So it's I like I'm such a like, No one has ever referenced it in a way that I feel like I need to know There's it until now. There's a scene. Because usually they're like, oh, scared. it's like a crazy clue, like the Da Vinci Code. I I'm think like, I, all right, yeah, yeah Da Vinci Code. <laughs> yeah. No, this is that it's a monk who's bald and he doesn't have eyebrows and he whips himself with a scary whip in his like creepy little monk cave and as a kid That's i was kind like of like a classic monk thing to do though. yeah I but like i was like oh what to. the hell <laughs> why is he doing that well anyway um the writers are on strike and it's it's been happening since may 1st the wga writer strike go that was not WGA. a joke yeah so. that's a long time to be striking honestly like go them because yeah I mean, they it's have been a union may... okay wait okay i sort of thought there was a month between may and june but... <laughs> Still, a month strong. It's been May, glorp, June. May, glorp, June. It's a lot. It's been crazy. Yeah, but um, almost. Yeah, almost. almost. Not quite sixty days. It's been a, a month and a well, little bit of change. Well, now I feel like it's I've sort of yeah. Like now I feel like because I had the thought of like ninety days. It, but yeah, now we're like, come on, bitches, try no, harder. I don't know. I mean, they're, no, they're up gonna against be some giants for yeah, the whole summer yeah, for sure. No, but they've got some sexy celebs on their side, and that don't hurt. And the actors are gonna start coming, and that's when people are gonna get serious. That's what I'm because at least. Oh, I thought maybe you meant like Colin Jost. No, there's been some real celebrities. <laughs> no, no, no. About. I know, but uh, the Actors Guild is talking about striking Ooh. officially. Oh, and then it's a wrap. But I mean, they yeah. don't really have a job as long as the writers don't have a job. I mean, they don't have like shit to well, do, so they may as well. Until the AI Emily in Paris mm-hmm. starts getting written, which is what we're talking don't about. Reveal. Well, all the shows are going to be AI. That's not the main reason that the writers are striking. It's largely been because of unfair compensation, because of streaming services, but... Which is so sucky. Yeah, no, that totally is awful. A lot of this... I mean, it is, like, horrible. It's really fucked up the conditions that these writers are working under. you used to be able to make a living, and now you, like, can't make a living. Yeah, and it's insane to be, like, around people who are doing pretty much adjacent work to you or way less and are getting <laughs> like the huge huge paychecks and you're like getting like food stamp money basically. you came up with the damn thing so a lot of it is because of unfair compensation but another thing that wga wrote lettered a list of demands to the alliance of motion picture and television producers mm-hmm. that represent studios and it had a lot of stuff about streaming services having a universal fair minimum they didn't call it a minimum wage but like a base level income and then one of the things that they did have was a measure to ensure that ai can't write or rewrite literary material and can't be used as source material because of fear that ai would be used to create drafts of screenplays and then that writers would be hired at day rates to punch up scripts which makes total fucking that sense. makes absolutely that's sense. A hundred percent gonna happen. When AIs are like existing writing to yeah. make it normal makes it's is within our grasp today. No, it's kind of stupid for people to not do that. Also, once you've already had people write on a show that's hugely popular, or whatever for like eight right, seasons, and you have enough, it, it already gets bad. I mean, and that's know? what I'm saying is like, Law and Order should fucking mm-hmm. be AI. Like that's basically Absolutely. AI at this point. It's just putting shit into like a bingo machine and going like oh you know 
um, fuck, a pet shelter, and there's statutory rape. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And maybe. Kidnapping <laughs> and they had I'm not as tool. good at it as I think I am. Maybe it should be AI instead know. of me, Even I guess. Sunny, which is really sad. They could be AI at this point. Everything can Everything. be AI. After eight seasons, it can I be I think most things shouldn't be, but a lot of things kind of should be, and that's my take on it. I think the the paying people is important and I think people should be paid even for shitty art but I think the kind of way that we approach so-called art is funny and I've I've felt this way for a while I think a good example of this is how the last writer's strike in 2008 led to the golden age reality tv which we've Mm. talked about before I love reality tv as an art form I think it's very amazing and important to the culture and it's fucking stupid and I think that's one of the good things about it and like I'm not gonna watch America's Next Top Model when I'm looking for like high art but I think it says a lot about the time oh. that it's been made America's Next Top Model I mean it's it an important document oh it's just there's I hope that that record exists for like anthropologists aliens of the future just so they can see what the fuck we were dealing with because it's so fucking bizarre and amazing yeah and, and similarly true. I think that this writer strike is going to lead to a lot of AI generated content I'm just really curious to see if we even notice as much as we think there's a lot of like oh, initial yeah. fears that are happening of people being like oh robots writing tv robots can't do what we do robots can't replace this and it's like Literally, like, this is a field that I, for a really long time, wanted to go into. I consider myself a writer, and they, yes, they fucking can. Like, (laughs) yes, they they can. I mean, there are some writers that robots cannot replace. That's such a small percentage of, like, art. That's such, talking about written art, AI, visual stuff, I don't care to talk about right now. But, like, Mm. that's just such a small percent. And, like, we can come back to it. I think we can put more emphasis on creating and supporting that kind of art. But if we're talking about just, like, stuff to make us, like, forget about killing ourselves, like, leave that to the robots. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think there has to be a distinction drawn between, like, just, like, content, mill content, which already, for what it's worth, like, so much of the content we watch is made by robots already. What do you mean Like, the that? weird, like, TikTok videos that it's, like, a robot speaking. The weird videos well, that are made little... by robots. Yes, I think it's, the like, ideas aren't made by robots. I think it's, like, an algorithm. What about the ones that are, like, for little babies, and it's, like, a weird, like, it's just, like, videos of, like, shit going, and it's, like, super bizarre. Like, I think there's... there's usually a person behind that. I mean, there... but there's probably a person overseeing it, but generating. Mm-hmm. Well, because yeah. this is so new, though, I think, because, like, YouTube, like... Well, you're like the YouTube kid shit, which I do want to like do an episode on. That yeah, crazy. it's crazy. But like that is something again. Yeah, like basically robots like a lot of there's literally like factories where they create like those like clickbaity articles where they have people like working to just like create shit for you to click on like yeah. that. That can be robots. I'm sure it is now. Maybe my definition is like a human being hasn't laid eyes on the entire video before they've put it through. Definitely like they're not. publishing yeah. it and no human has seen that before a child watches that. Mm-hmm. No. What's upsetting about this is that like a little boy can't go up and dream of being a comedy writer anymore. Now he has to dream of like having an actual job. I mean, I definitely relate to that and like just like the practicality of like survival and how mundane it is. I don't know. I obviously don't want like (laughs) works of art to disappear. I don't want that to not be a viable career, but I do think it's kind of worth being a little bit more competitive, to be honest. This is what I was initially trying to say and then I completely forgot. (laughs) Is that there's like a distinction between 
<laughs> this is why I started talking about the YouTube, um, like TV and movies that are like just for like, yeah, like you like put it clicks. on, yeah, you put yeah, it on totally. late at night and you're not paying attention. And then like TV and me- movies that are like art and like are telling you something and are like, like there is a distinction. Absolutely. And yeah. I feel like it's fair to replace the swill, but like the true shit has to be written. And it's going to be irreplaceable. Like what yeah. will be irreplaceable is going to show up as that. And I think that's kind of what's going to be hard for a lot of people as artists and also as consumers because i think a lot of people are going to realize that they have bad taste yeah because they're like, like they're gonna it. right which <laughs> is fine like i watch i've been re-watching criminal minds recently that Ooh. shit is stupid and bad yeah i can't really last an episode but i forgot it, you were into that Oh wow, according to memory. Um, yeah, no, it's <laughs> yeah, deep in the sixteen trough. seasons of it. That's it, crazy. That I, could be I, AI. I, think I tried to watch it because of you, and I couldn't really get into it. But you know what? Some people, I think the distinction for me is clear, and for you is clear. But some people like love this shit with their heart of hearts. Yeah. One of the shows that is going to be delayed production by the writer's strike, because this shit is for realsies, it's going on and it's going to keep happening, is Emily in Paris. It has already been production for season four, has been delayed for two months, and uh, one of the stars of the show recently said that it's probably going to get delayed, continued throughout the summer. Yes. The production of it. I mean, because not because all, the writers strike. Because the writers strike. Not all writers are on strike. Yes, all writers guild writers. Yes, writers are on strike. But you, yeah, that's everyone. You that's can't everyone. hire not union. Oh, it's okay. a union. Huh. Okay, didn't understand that. Yeah. No, it's a big deal. Okay, so, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, like, no, I don't want this in the podcast, but I will let you know what I'm thinking. I, like, swear I saw something that was, like, they were, like, it was, like, some show that they were recording, and they're, like, yeah, we're allowed to do this because it's non-union, and I was, like, oh, that's interesting. Are they just scabs? Like, I don't understand. Like, what is that? I don't know the answer to that. Because I have I such think a largely... idea of what even I was looking at. <laughs> Sorry. Your eyes are glassed over. I'm so happy. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Wait, where did all the writers go? Like, where are they? Wait, like, are they writing poetry now? What did they do? What did they do with their hands? <laughs> um, well, I think you're being so funny. Thanks. Emily and Paris fans are in peril. Emily and Paris fans are in peril. Emily and Paris fans are in peril. Emily and Paris, Emily and Paris fans are in Paris. They get to go to Paris now. Emily and Paris fans are Emily in peril. Because season four is delayed and they're not going to get their good, good dose of Francophile, colorful, little anorexic girl outfits. And you know what? That's really sad for them. Um, I watched. I've watched two seasons of this show. Wait, really? I was just gonna ask if yeah. you had seen any Emily in Paris. Because I'll have, be honest. Yeah, I have not. You lied to me earlier today. I told Wait. you I had. No, I just Maybe said it was not. an interesting idea. I didn't. I never said I watched it. I know what it is. I mean, I've seen like, that bitch is in Paris. I've seen trailers. I've seen like content about. No, I Emily wanted Paris. to like it because it's created by Darren Star, who's the creator of Sex and the City. 
it seemed just isn't like that insane? So it's so much worse than Sex in the City. Yeah, yeah it's horrible. And that character just—it's like I know that's like probably the point, and like maybe... no, it's not as much as it should exactly. be. Exactly. That's yeah. that's the takeaway. I mean, like... I hate like a type A ass main character. I like my mm-hmm. main character women to be like, you know, even if it's in an annoying way, I'd rather them be like frumpy and messy than be like an Allison Brie type. You know, for sure. One of the few things I actually know about Emily in Paris, I think, one of, is that I saw I, I saw something and it was like analyzing like French women's hair versus American. And this was in credit of Emily in Paris, French women's hair versus Americans' women hair, and like. <laughs> Keep going. Spit that shit. Spit that shit. How, what was the hair looking like? French women have normal, cool, tousled hair and tousled. Tousled. <laughs> Y'all, we and, should be illegal. Recriminalize <laughs> <laughs> um, this shit. <laughs> I don't know. And American women have they put she put too much effort into her hair, basically. Okay, but that's good. That. They think that's that's credit no, to the stylist think, because she's not yeah, a Parisian woman. Not, I, that's why I feel like there are like low key smart people in the room behind it. But well, it's just such an no, but there show. are, which is it's crazy because like, I've seen there's people there's like. A comedian that I'm thinking of that I follow on Twitter is a smart person, and she definitely just. This is what I was thinking about when you were like people writing for a shitty show, because there's someone I know who writes for Emily in Paris who got like a episode credit and is thrilled, obviously, but is way smarter than that. But you know, you can only do what you can do with the job you have. And I was thinking of Emily in Paris because it just seems like, from what I've seen of it, it seems like an AI written show. It just is like honestly not even a lot of it is really obvious like love triangle stuff but then a Mm -hmm. lot of it is fucking weird and insane i have this clip that i thought would be nice to show you just to show this is one of my favorite characters of this show mindy mindy she's a chinese billionaire but she's living as a au pair she is giving she her drag queen this is she her she's not she's not that person she hasn't come up yet okay Anyway, I just wanted to show that to show how wacky this show is because I couldn't have come up with that on my own. But I you think... couldn't come up have come up with a, a person performing and a half, <laughs> half man, man half, half woman performing a song by BTS in Paris. Oh, is BTS? Yeah, and she's Chinese royalty. She's Hong Kong royalty or something like okay, that. Okay, okay. See, there's context beyond the clip then. But Hong Kong is not Korea. That, no, but it's funny, and it's true, probably. Like, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it is funny and true. <laughs> so I was thinking that I could maybe help out the the production houses. Is that what it's called? Do you for this? Absolutely <laughs> not. But maybe fun. they'll let us, like, hang out in their offices and yeah. be, like, their tampon machines or something. They'll it give us a wish. job. Yeah. Um, Hi, you need a tampon machine? <laughs> like, we can put tampons in our mouth and then spit them out for um, the girl bosses. Yeah. Not <laughs> used ones. Clean ones. Clean ones, yeah. But that is... Dirty from our mouths. Yeah, I bet they are doing that. And honestly, Thanks. whatever. So I thought I'd help them out, and I went on to ChatGPT and 
ChatGPT, and I asked for some plot ideas for Emily in Paris season four. Mm-hmm. And one of the ideas that caught my eye was culture, cultural identity exploration. As Emily continues to adopt to life in Paris, she could embark on a journey to explore her own cultural heritage. Mm-hmm. This could involve her discovering her family's history, connecting with distant relatives, or even exploring her American roots in Paris. So I took that and I wrote a little prompt to give us a scene from Emily in Paris that will hopefully like help help the show keep going. Maybe and... we'll center them. Yeah, I mean, figure out where they're trying to go with this because it's well, it's not going to be for the writers. It'll be just for the other robots. You know, the writers are still on strike. That's why they need us. We're appealing to the robot community. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Um, we're robot allies. Beep boop. Um, So okay, so here's the prompt I gave them. So the the idea I gave them off of their their prompt that they gave me was. Write a comedic scene of Emily in Paris where Emily tells Mindy that she tried to look into her European ancestry for an ad campaign for luxury scrapbooks, only to find out that her German ancestors were Nazis. Classic. So, the result. Interior, Mindy's apartment, living room, day. Emily and Mindy are sitting on the couch, sipping coffee. Mindy is flipping through a fashion magazine while Emily fidgets nervously. Mindy, I have something to confess. You know how I've been researching my European ancestry for that luxury scrapbook ad campaign? Raising an eyebrow. (laughs) Yeah? What about it? Well, I found out... We're not going to say this anymore. Except for the end one. The end one was funny. Well, (laughs) I found out some shocking information. Turns out my German ancestors, they were Nazis. (gasps) Mindy's eyes widen and she nearly chokes on her coffee. (sighs) What? Are you serious? I wish I wasn't. I thought it would be this lovely story of heritage and connection, but instead I stumbled upon a dark secret. Mindy's shock slowly turns into a smirk. Oh, Emily, only you could uncover a scandal like that. It's not funny, Mindy. I mean, I had grand visions of showcasing my family's journey through history, and now I'm stuck with ancestors that were on the wrong side of it. Mindy tries (laughs) to stifle her laughter but fails. I'm so sorry, Emily. I shouldn't be laughing. It's just the irony is too much. The innocent American girl discovering her Nazi past. Emily rolls her eyes but can't help but crack a smile. Well, I guess it's safe to say the luxury scrapbook campaign is off the table. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's for the best. But we don't want to glorify the wrong kind of memories. (laughs) they burst into laughter their worries momentarily forgotten no definitely not i guess i'll have to come up with a new concept how about a campaign celebrating your american roots instead a scrapbook filled with burgers hot dogs and a whole lot of freedom (laughs) that sounds much safer mindy let's stick with the land of the free and the home of the brave (laughs) they clink their coffee cups together laughing (laughs) laughing <laughs> and brainstorming ideas for the revised campaign leaving the nazi revelations behind fade out what that, do you think about I, that scene ooh, i mean i felt like it was a little bit like european um biased if anything oh yeah i mean well maybe not maybe it was american bias at the end Wait, what was the line that ticked me off on this? <laughs> the wrong side of history thing? No! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know now. Um, 
the innocent American girl <laughs> discovering her Nazi past. No, that's definitely American side. I guess, yeah, but it's like, oh, innocent American? Like, that you is, think you're so much better? But that's so, like, that is, like, the thesis of uh, Emily in Paris is, like, innocent American girl discovering blank. Like, that's the whole thing. Oh, I see. Okay, I mean, yeah, I guess I don't have the full context, but, I mean, it felt like they were a little bit, like... Well, the whole thing I mean, is I that it's like, like she's like, you know, no. wearing Aritzia and she's like, what? Oh my God, French no. people are smoking cigarettes. So it could be like, you no, know. No, that's good. That seems like top tier shit. Yeah, not I had fun writing. <laughs> they should hire us to use ChatGPT yeah. for them because they need a youngster's mind on this young Hollywood. Am I right? <laughs> um, <laughs> not as easy as it seems. I had to type in two separate prompts. So That's advanced. It's not just like a one straight shot, but she's gotten past the login page. Yeah, farther than most. Well, it is not only the sissy arts of TV and movie writing that have been affected by AI, but also the great American novel itself is being replaced and transcribed by sexy little robots and people are mainly mad about it. How do you feel about that? I mean, this is a tradition of what? Three, four hundred years potentially? The great American novel? Three, yeah. 250? Somewhere in between. You know? A modern tradition, if you will. A, an ancient tradition. It's a, it's a shame that it is threatened by such an insidious force. Do you read? What's the last book you read? Yeah, what's the last book I read? Um, I don't know, it's Carta Method. But I don't feel like the last fiction book I read is mm-hmm. actually much more of a puzzler than the last book I read. Because I think the last fiction book I read was, like, college. <laughs> like, just, just sophomore year of college. But... I don't think I've read a fiction book in quite a while. I have a fiction book given to me by my boyfriend's mother that I am intending to read. It's on my bookshelf. Yeah. Any moment now, I'm going to read it. It's about poverty in Naples and sisterhood and friendship. Oh, is it by that girly? Is it like my beautiful friend? Elena Ferrante. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Pamela's not so far out, is she? Um, no, haven't read it because it's like I need to be like observing information or not. Like it is data or not. It is facts or not. Yeah, you're already robot killed. It is true or it is false. (laughs) So this is going to be a good era for you. I mean, I, yeah, I also... (laughs) You like false news, fake Fake news. news. You like lies. You like fiction. That's cute that you like lies. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A novel is fake news. A novel is... Whatever. I don't know. I don't really read that much either, but people are doing it allegedly, and they're upset that the robots are writing their precious little books. I guess it's been it's been a little more recent because there's been like I feel like the first first they came for for the graphic designers and then Mm. they came for the novelists you know like it was it was a lot of art and a lot of like copywriting which obviously should be AI anyway that's a a dumb little mechanical art um your brains are more valuable than that you know self-respect Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think we should all go to the mines, I guess, is what this is telling us. Use your hands. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, sure, use your hands, but not for typing. Maybe. Can AI do physical labor? No. Soon. Soon, probably. Although, no. it makes sense that people are touchy about it. It's a Wait. little rude that it's not. 
What about the little dog robots that can like shoot people and open doors and like the cops are like making them? <laughs> I don't know about them. this. I know so about the robot dogs that are like toys. Yeah, but them. but also they're like enlisted by the police. Robot dog police. <laughs> Let's pull this like shit up. Robocop. No Robocop. Robo dog. <laughs> Bad Robotic dog. Talk about. Rejoins New York police force. Um, talk about something that. It maybe is AI because honestly they're not that funny. I'm just saying. Digidog joins NYPD and look, it looks like a little dog, mm-hmm. and it doesn't shoot people though. I have seen just that. to just to clarify the false newshood that I've been disseminating. <laughs> it's uh, doesn't yeah. shoot people, just um tracks their data and then um rats them out like a little stinky rat, little stinky dog rat, stinky dog rat. Well, the biggest, um, the biggest books that are being replaced by AI, it's not actually, it's not the type of fiction literature that we, we treasure and we think of when we think of capital L literature, Mm -hmm. but it's more of this shit that's being churned out en masse. It's like sci-fi and romance novels. So something that I saw was this article on businessinsider.com that says sci-fi author says he wrote 97 books in nine months using AI tools, which uh, this guy, Tim Tim Boucher, says he created 97 books in nine months with the help of AI, including... I really feel like it's possible his name was Tim Boucher. I want to give him a little, like, European credit just yeah, to... Yeah, I mean, not some free guidance. Make him seem cool. Counsel, Timothy will. Boucher. Yeah, rebrand. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Boucher is much sexier as Obviously, than Tim Boucher. Tim Boucher, but it, Who knows? Um, hit us up. Let us know. Boucher, you have you time. Us, You're you not writing money, your books you real. Five days. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the people who have come forward, one of our brave soldiers that have come forward and said, you know what? I fuck with the robots. You know what? LGBTQIR for robots, and I'm an ally. And people are upset about that. I'm just reading my bitchy little notes. People are upset about this because they think artists and writers are an exceptional class with their unique human ability to conjure something special. I mean, it's fine if the robots want to make swill content for stupid drool folks who just want to sit on their couches like fucking freaks and no no okay i don't think that's a fair categorization because i think there are because i'm a little couch drool freak yeah i think we, i'm not putting a value judgment on we, I'm just saying it there are this. different types of content and the type of content that is getting replaced by ai is content that is begging to be replaced by ai it's yeah. shit that's like pride and prejudice but told as like Five different versions of, like, different types of gay people. That's literally, like, mm-hmm. one of the tweets that I found that mm-hmm. I couldn't dig up for this episode. But it's, like, everyone who is talking about using AI on this, you go to their page, and it's people who are making content for ebooks. They're making, basically, fan fiction. Sometimes it literally is fan fiction, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's just, like, sort of glorified fan fiction. And it's stuff that, like, relies heavily on these formulas, on these tropes, on these, like, categorizations that people can search like enemies to lovers enemies and, to lovers baby. you know workplace romance it's who people are reading if people are reading now they're reading this it's fucking book talk people who have showed their big stacks of books it's they're reading like just basically churned out versions of either fantasy sci-fi or romance stuff usually it all has a bit of romance because they're reading mm-hmm. it to porn for ladies style but not that it's not important, but it's just not serving no, the same purpose important. that we're thinking about. It's not important. I, it's important for as like a cultural artifact, you know. Yeah, I think but it's not like in a condensed. Lives. No, no, it's not going to change anyone's life. Them. 
it benefits them as to like taking away the humdrum just kind of like screaming in the back of your it head just, yeah it just it's, is it's a but scroll. it is a fucking like a stalagmite of no it's absolutely culture. white noise but i think it's exciting to have data tools that like we don't have to read this but it's gonna exist in you know 50 100 200 years that's gonna what's gonna exist it's not gonna be like the most interesting little piece of like alt-lit auto fiction that's going to tell us about the culture it's going to be emily in paris it's going to be these like weird romance yeah brain dead little amalgamations of what people are talking about and what people care about at the moment and i think that is important and it's going to be like studied in a really funny way in the future and i feel like yeah let's cut to the chase let's get i obviously think that real art should be nurtured Mm -hmm. but a lot of what we read and watch is straight up not it's just it just serves a different purpose it is the malt liquor of beer you know it just it's it's, it's to be considered swill and frankly i think almost it serves the audience better for it to just be straight up generated by ai rather than just like generated by some like drunk narcissist (laughs) who's not me um, <laughs> different one. Um, different one. one. Um, yeah, it's like at least you can just like face the fact that it's just like it's just like brain porn or whatever. Or just like it's whatever. <laughs> it just is what it is. You like it? It doesn't matter. Yeah, I like Subway Surfer. Like, what do you want? It just pisses me off that there's some guy behind it who's like, I created this empire, and it's like that's a really you good could be an algorithm. Like, do not get me started. Like, yeah. I do not think you need to exist. No, as a this is trimming the fat. I think that totally. there should be, yeah, there should be artists. That should be a thing that exists. Not everyone needs to be, you know, making food for the big co-op of our future liberated society. There can be a few artists, but it can't be everyone. Not everyone can be an artist. Um, that's so true. Yeah, but... If everyone's an artist, no one's an artist. <laughs> gang, gang. Gang, gang. Um, where do we go from here, though? I don't know. It makes sense that it's an uneasy feeling to sit with, this mm. this feeling that all the thoughts that you have, that you think, oh, I'm so smart, I'm so tortured, it's mm. so hard to carry the burden of all these ideas, and then type it in, do your little program, and then they say, oh, Apocalypse Now or Later, and you say, mm, was that actually a better title than our title? It's not. And they make stupid little jokes pretending to be us, and it's fucked up identity theft. It's a it's hard rude. thing to sit through. Chop you, GBD. Chop GBT. Chop GBT. You, you don't have what we have. You don't have our, you don't have our self-hatred. I Chap will GBT see you in court. Doesn't know, doesn't know what it's like Apocalypse to... Now and Later, though. No. It's just not as clever. I mean, because we're commenting on a war, on a war movie. Yes, yeah, so a film about sure. war. Now Definitely later, they're is also it's commenting on, on a candy. On a <laughs> what do you think? You think this is a candy? A bad candy. We would never stand such a weak candy as a now and later. And frankly, <laughs> the apocalypse is not now and later. It's well, it's wow! It's wow! It's, it's, it's wow right here! It's, it's right here in front of us! <laughs> fuck you, Chappy GT! Chappy BGP! Fuck you, Cat BBQ! Fuck you, Dallas you. BBQ! I hate you! You're we so- hate you, Dallas BBQ! <laughs> We're coming for you in court! Lawyer up, mother You'll never be as beautiful as us! We fuck you! It's true! To our listeners, though, we love you! Thank you for standing by us in all our beautifully imperfect moments! I think the Maroon 5 song, The Girl with the Broken Smile, is about us. And a robot doesn't have a broken smile. That's true. You know, support 
your small human <laughs> content <laughs> creators. Support your local small humans. <laughs> support your local humans. Anything with a pulse. Yeah. Robots don't have a pulse. Kill we, all robots. We are the pulse. We are the pulse. And Ba-boom. you want to be tapped Ba-boom. in, bitch. Ba-boom. All right. Bye-bye. See you later. Love you.